0: How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm uh, not bad at all, thanks.
1: No? Life treating you pretty well up there in our fine capital city?
0: Yes, it's, uh, it's treating me pretty good. I think every time we start this this little bit, I uh, my my brain just goes blank and all I can remember is like, now, and nothing that's <laughs> right ever the happened second. before. <laughs> yeah. This is the beginning and end of
1: it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's good. That's that's quite like a sort of Buddhist Zen kind of thing. Like live completely in the moment,
0: do not <laughs> let your mind wander to what could have been or what has been. It's a really nice way to put having a terrible memory <laughs> or having a, a brain that likes to just shut off whole sections. Um that that makes me feel a bit better about myself.
1: Well that's good. I'm just
0: Zen. I'm just <laughs> Zen all the time. Can't help it. By um, <laughs> has anything particularly exciting happened within your week within my week no I'm so sorry it just it's i think our my week in general has just been so encapsulated with stuff going on outside the house that I'm not in, that I'm in you know like news and just it feels like just a week of catching up on things like it's uh i mentioned to you earlier that um you know i don't i don't know how much we want to go into things but i i mentioned to you earlier how a week ago when we last did this i don't think we ever thought that things could get even stranger this year (laughs) yeah yeah no completely and it's been a wild one (laughs)
1: yet another roller coaster this is the point yeah. where you just leave Thorpe Park because you're about to vomit.
0: <laughs> like I can't take another ride. Yeah. Although then again, I'm I'm always I'm always uh, I'll probably try everything except for the main one, the one that just goes up and uh, and then loops back down. Yeah. Whatever that's called, T- Terminator or something. Uh, Stealth is it called well, stealth it's,
1: just like, it's like a bullet and it just goes up and then it just goes whoop, and then yeah. back
0: down again yeah so I don't know what my stealth is going to be this year because I've ignored <laughs> stealth um, I'm worried that there's going to be this big thing that hopefully it's not my death <laughs> 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 I don't know what it's going to be but um, I think the aliens thing was quite close but um... <laughs> yeah a <laughs> no, joke,
1: joke of course um, but obviously well while we're here we should just say that you know there's a lot of people out there who have expressed the kind of pain and heartbreak of the last week in much more eloquent and um you know impressive ways than we ever possibly could but obviously our thoughts go out to everyone affected by well by racial oppression (laughs) and by what's happening across the pond and here you know we've got big protests in london today um, hope everyone's staying safe out there and yeah it's
0: strange isn't it having a I mean obviously there's it goes deep but having this kind of stuff happening during a time where we're not meant to be out yes yeah. oh. I, I look at it and I think oh yeah but you're doing the thing that should this is bigger than the virus then I think and yeah, but yeah <laughs> like in six months time are we all gonna think damn it that that was a bad a bad a really bad thing that well, I mean, I mean, it was a bad thing.
1: But I mean, when, yes, of when, when the I news just mean... filtered through of what happened, my sort of because obviously, when something that awful as the killing, um, you know, police violence like that, it you know, you know that there's going to be repercussions. And I just kind of thought, did yeah. you have to? I mean, even, even in this current climate, you couldn't just rein in your hideous hideous kind of views and ideologies and what you think is okay um yeah, yeah I, pretty, I think
0: pretty grim you know like you know we won't like we said we won't get too much into it but the, it's been talked about before that um maybe this wouldn't quite have happened if it wasn't for the coronavirus um yeah. keeping people bottled up for such a long period of time you know with people losing jobs and things like that yeah and you know, f- and
1: and giving the police extra power to dictate how people live their lives, you know? Yeah. If, if if that goes to people's heads, is that completely surprising? But, you know, we're not a political podcast. And like I say, there's, um, there's a lot of people who are going to say things much better than we are, but obviously, you know, I've donated to a few of the kind of freedom funds, which are paying bail to, for, um, people caught up in the protests who have been unjustly, um, Arrested, so you know things like that. Well worth doing, but go and check everyone in the world's Instagram stories because it's all there.
0: <laughs> um, Educate yourselves, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, but let's get back to let's get yeah, back um, to being silly and talking about I don't know the coronavirus instead. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fun thing now. Um, I actually, um, I listened back today to our first lockdown episode. Oh, really? Because I was quite intrigued to know how different our mood was back then um, And I'd quite like to kind of ask you oh. a, Well, about a few things that were said during that episode And how you feel now in relation to them Would that be okay? Absolutely, we've got something to talk about <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well this was my prep for the opening section Well done um, So, one of your quotes You were talking about Shaun of the Dead if you remember, <laughs> oh yeah, the classic uh, movie, and you said that it feels like we're living in it, but actually we're only at the very, very start of the movie. If you had to pick a point of Shaun of the Dead that you think <laughs> that we've got to now, where do you think we might be? That's a good question.
0: Right, so a little radio silence there. <laughs> so there's. I think the point that we were at was kind of the bit before so they 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 go to the pub, right? Yeah. And there's that they come out and then they like, <laughs> and there's that zombie, yeah? yeah. And then um Sean's uh housemate, I forgot his name, um, I can't remember either. basically comes I in awesome. and tells them to grow up. No, 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 sorry, the, the big guy. Um, Tells him to grow up and that he's been bitten. We're at that stage. Yeah. They're like the night before. Um, (laughs) I think we're not far away from that. I think we're maybe at the plan stage. Yeah. When they're planning on where to go. We haven't got to getting uh, Sean's father-in-law or any of that stuff, which worries me. <laughs> um because there's been times when i think we're coming to the end of the film yeah. and then suddenly you get pushed back and you realize you're actually still only kind of halfway yeah that
1: i feel yeah i feel like that too to use a different film in you know how all of the lord of the rings films were just like incredibly long and boring that <laughs> but when you watch them you just thought you kept thinking like oh this is the end now and then something completely <laughs> unnecessary would happen and actually it wasn't the end at all. I feel it like, was that's another hour then. <laughs> yeah. like it we could have been quite close to the end, but we've just thought Open the schools. Why not? <laughs> Get <laughs> everyone another...
0: together. Spit in, the Spit in a face. Spit in a
1: face. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's where I think we are. Um okay. You've also mentioned that the idea of Deliveroo and the people cooking it in particular was quite disgusting to you. And (laughs) that even um, post-arriving in your flat was making you feel like you hadn't isolated anymore. And I think my my favourite quote of this was um, that you'd be isolating and then you'd get some shopping in and all of a sudden you feel anxious again because you don't want to touch the ham. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to touch the ham <laughs> so do you now feel comfortable touching the ham and <laughs> does
0: delivery disgust you I always touch the ham <laughs> um, I yeah that's changed actually I remember the turning point because I've fully kind of I mean what are we at like three months we've done three months now haven't we three and a half. Three years <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm not even going to look it up but it's been about that and I think a month and a half in pretty much bang in the middle maybe a little bit later I re- suddenly caught myself getting a delivery or getting shopping and not washing the bags off or yeah. not washing the ham and like <laughs> or just sitting down and taking something from the bag and having it then and there and I was like ah I've moved from that stage now yeah. where I'm, I, I know that the chances of something uh, happening from that situation when i only have really had delivery or talked to somebody like that probably like 20 times 25 times in the last however long i know that the chances are very slim um but i still think about it i haven't got completely out of it yet no i, I just kind of hate myself for not <laughs> not caring as much as i used to yeah see i'm still quite sort of new
1: into all of this because i'm only less than two weeks back into a city um i did i did like a big shop at as i went to asda on saturday which was quite an intense experience that was my you first. drove there
0: and went there yeah
1: um yeah. which it was fine but quite intense but then i got all the stuff back and i kind of thought am i going to wash all this and no i broke through that barrier i haven't washed it and as yet i don't have
0: coronavirus so good um i think but- it says a lot about um how the government have dealt with things and and how people are feeling because i just feel so much less anxious about getting it and i know that the the chant or the nothing's really changed that yeah. you know there's there's less people out there that have got it because more people have stayed in but i know now and I keep seeing every weekend that people aren't really doing things like like me. So who am I meant to trust? So I feel like I could run out there and be fine. Yeah. But I'm still playing it safe. Like, I'm not yeah. doing that. Um, well,
1: that leads but- me on quite neatly to my next question. Because you said in that episode, I don't think I'll feel quite right until everyone else starts acting normal, really. And... From the outside, obviously, I'm not in London, so I don't really know if it's just the media or if it's fact, but it feels like London's kind of slowly going back to normal. And does that make you feel all right? Does that make you feel
0: more stressed? You know what? It's it's weird. My my mum feels more stressed because she's seeing people doing the wrong thing. Yeah. But I, I'm not acting on it because I don't trust other people like that but i (laughs) i do see other people kind of going about their daily lives a bit more than a bit more normally and it makes me feel a bit more comfortable with things like i've i've been to see people um in the correct way um but i wouldn't have done that a month two months ago at all like i wouldn't have even been six meters or 10 meters between people like so
1: yeah Yeah, totally like i on Saturday, I went and just like for a couple of hours sat in a kind of park with one friend and then another friend joined. So technically, does that mean I broke the rules? I don't know. But It was
0: <laughs> on Saturday, so yes, you did. <laughs> Everyone seems to think that the, the rules were lifted before Monday, even though they said it's on Monday. Well, even the newspaper said. But we,
1: we sat incredibly far away, if anything, like quite hilarious. I kept laughing at how far away from each other we were sat and it was... You know, it was all very safe. It was all very kind of on the money. But yeah. Um, it, yeah, it it did feel really, really strange. And I kind of, I, I guess when I was thinking about it beforehand, I thought it'd be like a watershed moment of like, oh my God, I'm free to do this. But actually it didn't really feel like that at all. It, afterwards, I kind of felt a bit of, that like it was really nice to see friends and have a chat and stuff. But I did feel a bit of regret about it maybe because I, I just felt more anxious afterwards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, was that really worth it? I don't know. I I agree. I I had like we probably sat down together for like four or five hours and not me and you, but the people that I went to see uh, a couple of weeks ago and had a beer, had a couple of beers and chatted and stuff and it was the best I've felt all year. But it's not necessarily something I'll remember as the day that we yeah. that I kind of did something. Like it felt like this is what I should be doing rather than like, finally I'm able yeah. to do this. Um, so I did, I remember getting a bit pissed after like a beer and a half um, and, and just looking out, it was on the roof so we could look out into London. And it was, uh, I felt very good to be in that position, yeah. especially as I've been away from people for so long. But um, yeah, I don't think, I wonder when that, like you say, the watershed moment, moment is, I wonder when that, you know, we will talk about when we can sit in a pub and have a beer I wonder if there'll be that moment and maybe i'll look back and think that that is the moment but
1: but this is it's because we it's like the hollywood version of all of this that we're all kind of referencing to and it's like yeah because in a hollywood film there's never going for the first beer in a pub and you're just actually terrified and it feels really awkward and you think oh i wish i wasn't here actually i kind of just want to go home like The the only moment in a Hollywood film is, woohoo, we're all free and let's have a party.
0: Yeah, everyone runs out onto the streets (laughs) and there's just music playing and all these stereos just seem to be set up and poppers and all shit going off. And like, there won't be that moment because I I remember, I can't remember what it was in, but somebody was, it might have even been you, um, somebody was talking about how their grandparents or their parents, I think grandparents, were reminding them of what it was like when the war ended and there was this, moment of people just rejoicing and and kind of uh hugging and knowing that it was over but there kind of was an end point yeah because you Um,
1: couldn't yeah because you couldn't catch the blitz off
0: your neighbor (laughs) (laughs) yeah but we're not going to have that moment. We've just got people going out once every couple of weeks, <laughs> like for a bit and then twice and then like Yeah. And and a lot of people are doing it on their own. They're not, they're not sharing these experiences. Yeah, and we're, not
1: gonna, we're not going we're not going to all be released at the same Well, we are being released technically speaking, but we're not all going to go out onto the streets at the same point. You know, some people are going to go out first. Some some people are going to push the boundaries more. Yeah. Others are like, going to be more cautious.
0: I've had f- friends that some of them have seen family members now, some of them have been to the beach and, and yeah. met up with their sisters or, you know, stuff like that and and they it it does feel a bit difficult seeing other people live out certain things without you. Like well yeah. you're like I'm probably still quite a bit from doing anything like that. Yeah.
1: But then I I mean obviously you're in a slightly different position because you're, you know, far away from your family. But I, when I look at people who I perceive as kind of pushing the boundaries a bit, I don't feel envious. I feel like
0: no, worried. <laughs> yeah, I'm still at that point. I think fortunately, yeah. it's you know I I get a bit of jealousy, but I I know that I'm not being the stupid one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or even you know even if they don't get sick, and I hope they don't. Um, it's it's I still know that I'm making the correct decision, and that it may feel nice to be on a beach with 400 people again, but give it a month. Yeah. Are we going to see something? Because part of me even has this weird feeling of like, it's done and that people going out means it's the end. And it makes me feel like the whole thing wasn't really in any way. And it all just feels like a dream.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and
0: now is, I'm yeah. starting to think there's going to be a moment when it all comes back <laughs> and like, yeah. and we go through this whole being yeah. scared again. But there, there is also like,
1: and I realise there's no scientific basis to this and it's not my entire belief system, so don't take it as such. But there is also a bit of me that has always, like, when, like, I, there's that kind of famous quote of, I think, therefore I am. And it's like, when people think they're ill, I'm always, there's a little bit of me that just thinks, just think you're not ill. Like, have you got, and obviously it's not that simple, but I Mm. think, like, I think consciousness does contribute to a lot of these things. And I think the fear that everyone's been feeling has made, probably made some people, but anxiety is really, really bad for you. And loneliness is really, really bad for you. You know, they're two things that definitely like affect people's health. And it's like those things I, I do think would make catching a virus more dangerous to you. So if people don't feel quite as scared and don't feel quite as lonely, Then there is a bit of me that also thinks maybe they would actually stand a better chance against a virus than otherwise.
0: Potentially, uh, because I think the first month or so when I was at, like you say, my most anxious and my most loneliness, I felt like I was getting ill all the time. I I feel like I was. I know illness doesn't work like this necessarily, but I felt like draining for your body. And they you, are, they are. And I feel like I'm you know, even even the fact that I was able to get myself slightly out of that slump and and exercise and stop smoking, I've nearly done two months without smoking. I don't think wicked, I've told man, anyone well that. But um things thank you very much. It felt like really stupid to be putting stuff in your lungs when this lung disease <laughs> was going around. Um things like that, like yeah. they put your mind and body into a better position where I think it could just deal with things a bit better like there's no doubt i don't necessarily feel it but there's no doubt that i am healthier than i was three months ago yeah yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people probably not not quite the same or that might not be the case but you know maybe if you're comfortable at home with people you might go the other way Um, i don't
1: know i obviously you know there's no doubting that this has been devastating for so many people but I think it's made the vast majority of people very mindful of their physical um wellness and you know and i'd hope that people have acted on that you know that would be a nice thing to come out of this i don't know if it will or not um yeah so yeah there were there were two other things from the the first lockdown episode that i wanted to mention um the first one uh i said i don't want to sit here and slate the government because that's not really what we're about and you said I think really they've done an okay job. If I had to give them a rating, it would be a five and above. They wouldn't be down the bottom. Maybe naturally, no, no way would they be in the Trump area. Stand by that, either of
0: us. They're not in the Trump area. Um, I five and above. Five and above, no. Um, <laughs> I I thought I wasn't watching the the kind of. Um, the chats the, the the little updates because yeah. i was a bit bored of them but i i actually think it's because Don't i just saw no say. hope in what they say and yeah, yeah like they were just they it, the their answers to things suddenly all of it just became very political again yeah. and it it didn't feel like you know they were trying to say the right things and instead of yeah. trying to do the right things um so no that's when we look back on this, and yet there's no doubt that they've helped a lot of people um, in in ways. I know that can't um, yeah. really make up for the shit that they've done to people beforehand and during, <laughs> but um, I think because of them, I still have a job, um, yeah. and I. Maybe that's just maybe that's I shouldn't be commending them for that though. Maybe that's just that's no, the least fair minimum, isn't but, it? Yeah. yeah, and they can do it for everyone. um Yes, yeah, so yeah. I I don't know. I I always feel a bit uncomfortable speaking about things yeah. like this. I mean, I, I still
1: I do still kind of stand by the below. That this is yeah. <laughs> this isn't a political podcast, so I stand by the not wanting to sit here and slate them. But although yeah. I did get
0: there was a point where I started to like Boris a bit, and now I. Just don't care for him at all again. <laughs> I just felt bad for him being ill and now I just, just yeah. I can't be arsed with him. No, I miss he those just days. Fucked off. He's just yeah. literally fucked off. <laughs> like he barely speaks to us anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's and when he does, he's dishevelled and makes no sense. He's just gone yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. He just always was. Quit.
1: Um yeah. oh, no. So So the final one from episode number one, it was so we'd been we i think we're about 35 to 40 minutes in, in at this point and we'd spent the whole time discussing coronavirus and what was going on and we'd got a bit kind of listless and a bit kind of hopeless i guess and <laughs> you said well everyone's just got a different idea of what they think is happening so i said to you what do you think's happening and i've i transcribed this because i <laughs> because i i like it i just think it's interesting to look look back on it you said um I think we're amongst a very bad pandemic that I think will kill a lot of people. But I think what we're doing now is putting in good measures to lessen that. And I think there will be thousands and thousands of people die. But they first predicted, you know, half a million to a million. And I think that, you know, when we get to the end of this and 20,000 people have died in the UK, then we'll look at the stats and think maybe that's all right but then at the same time at the same time how many people will die from other things and i'm not talking about flu i'm not one of those people i'm talking about the fact that we're shutting shutting down everything and there will be people that suffer for that so in so many ways that's going to be a really worrying thing and i think there's something that is very
0: obviously bad <laughs>
1: What I, it's like, like about, what I like about The things about I that is,
0: say I always mean something, but they're just hidden in this random blob of words. <laughs> I mean I didn't read
1: that particularly well, so part of that was down to me. But what I like about that is that actually I mean one I mean, there's two takeaways. One, um obviously getting to the end of this and twenty thousand people in the UK having died. Hopelessly optimistic. We're probably three or four times that at this point. The,
0: the funny thing is, though, is that twenty thousand to a lot of people seemed crazy. Yeah, that yeah. seemed a lot, and yeah. now we've we've over doubled that thing. Just yeah. over doubled it. Yeah. Um, but what I what I like about
1: it more is actually that I think what you're saying is completely spot on. Even at that point, when the virus seemed absolutely terrifying and kind of all encompassing, you had spotted the fact that the repercussions of going into lockdown and all of this was actually going to be much more damaging potentially to people than the virus than, than the virus itself. Like these huge numbers of deaths that we keep on seeing are like excess deaths, yeah, which are not necessarily caused by coronavirus, just by the suffering that people have had to go through over the last few months. So I think a little round of applause for you again,
0: Harry, because I think that was <laughs> spot on. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, and that was interesting to hear about because uh just yeah the same views are still are still there um well, if you feel like you want to cut
1: in yourself saying those things instead of me badly reading it then no go for i, <laughs> I prefer that it. it's
0: it's interesting to hear yourself speak that isn't you <laughs> yeah i did uh, now i just keep hearing myself speak nonsense <laughs> 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 i was um i was i was telling somebody the other day actually we we were somebody on instagram put up a post and i was trying to explain how um there was part of me that felt strange about how um this goes on to a bit this is a tangent but i'm just gonna get it out anyway yeah okay i was talking to somebody and saying how it felt a bit weird and it felt slightly uncomfortable that so many people were just posting people were just posting a picture of george floyd and and it just seemed like everyone was doing it and and it and it and it felt like a kind of trend and part of it just felt a bit weird yeah and i think i was making a comment about how like people need to do more than just that and that's not enough and then she said well what are you doing and i was like damn it i'm 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 not doing either like (laughs) i'm not posting the picture because i think it's a bit like hollow and i'm not really doing anything more than that um and over the course of like three days i've had this whole now i kind of think that it's good that more people are just putting more stuff out up there and just sharing and being part of the conversation and and it i was i don't know how even i got into this but i just find it interesting how your view can change yeah over the but, course of 3 days to i
1: i i think you're right that I, and i think your quote then actually tells us that you're it tells us something about you that i kind of know anyway is that Like, yeah, you might not be shoving it all over social media or whatever, but you are thinking about these things and you think about them quite kind of deeply and kind of draw your own conclusions, which in the long run, if everyone who was posting pictures and whatever else on their Instagram stories actually took the time to really consider this situation and think about it and alter their behaviour accordingly going forward, actually that might have a much bigger and better effect than than just posting stuff on instagram and thinking there's a box ticked i've done my activism for the day yeah and- exactly i
0: think well that's the thing i think um we it's because of what those instagram stories usually are yeah. they're usually just a snippet of somebody's day that they don't really care about but they want to show people that they're around yeah. and it it it, it fits into that too about much the whole thing, isn't it yeah i said it's 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 filling in this Usually the stories are somewhere where people kind of show off yeah. and you, you know, we like to pretend that's not the case, but it just kind of is like you wouldn't really want to put it there anyway, but yeah. you want to show something to somebody like that's why it's there. So it just felt a bit too much like that. And yeah, I think, you know what, it's as much as that is probably true in some cases, it's also a tool. Yeah. Um, It can be both. Um, so if if people are still doing both, then that's good. Yeah. Or at the again, very
1: least, like, get yourself a podcast and then talk
0: about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking, this has been, this has been good. We did like an hour before this. People yeah. won't know where we got even more into it. I didn't know we would get back into this again, but of course <laughs> it's inevitable. No. Well... Have you got any more from the last episode, or are we moving on? Um, no,
1: I think that I think that's pretty much all from the first episode, the first lockdown episode. Yeah, that's that's the extent. I, I I'm gonna admit that once we started talking about music, I did stop because I knew I felt like I knew. So then we might have come back to it. I feel like we didn't really get into music that much in that episode. We probably just came back to coronavirus
0: again and again and again to be fair but- I, I i that was my intention when we first started it yeah. it was i heard well, I think we might have even talked about it but i heard the if i were you episode where they were talking about how yeah. things were and it, that that really was one of the reasons it kind of felt like a kickstart again yeah a a place to come and unwind <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but in the weeks
1: that have passed since we like everyone else in lockdown we did get a bit bored so we filled our episodes with a few um format points so (laughs) should we run through those yes first up we still don't have a name for this one but it's your three highlights of the week from (laughs) varying genres or mediums
0: so can you give us a few of those harry yes so i've got um i feel like it's been quite a bit this week but i only really st- i need to start uh, thinking about it before 20 minutes before we record but um what i'm gonna do is talk about two series that i've been into and then one artist that i think you might like and i feel like everybody knows at this point especially if they have tiktok i didn't learn of this band from tiktok but somebody i put a video up on Instagram and somebody told me that they're TikTok famous or something. Oh, this was
1: like the Russian thing, right? Yeah. And I was like (laughs) how the hell is this
0: on TikTok? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I haven't looked it up yet either so I don't even know what context it's used in. But firstly, um, there's two series uh, on Netflix. One of them is called Space Force. Sounds very up your street. (laughs) (laughs) Space Space and force. It is um pretty much a piss take. At least it started to be, and I feel like it became quite sincere at points. Um but it's a bit of a I think uh what's his name? Trump. Um <laughs> He He has this thing, I think it's called Space. I think it might be the Space Force actually, I think it might be called that. In real life. Oh, yeah.
1: He, the Air Force thing that he yeah. started at the beginning. He's like, we're going to expand wars beyond the boundaries of Earth to exactly. space.
0: <laughs> so, within that time, uh, Netflix have made a series that stars Steve Carell, um, who you know as Michael Scott from the, the US office. Not you, Tim, but other people that watch TV. I know um, him as the 40 year old virgin. Really, like a film from 2010. That's your yeah, that
1: was what he got famous for first, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, yes, he's very
1: famous. You don't need to explain. No, anything. no, no. It's like Brad Pitt. <laughs> he's been for people who don't thing. know
0: he is. Uh... <laughs> he was in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> uh, also, it's got Joe Malkovich in it, and I think if you if this doesn't interest you, then at least watch it for him because I think he steals the show every single time he's in there oh, oh my god just what an incredible actor like he plays the role brilliantly but anyway it's it's basically this, this space force uh, Michael Scott who's like really high up in the army or whatever he basically they turn around and tell him that he is Not now like, Michael Scott oh yeah Steve <laughs> Carell <laughs> sees Michael Scott to me um he <laughs> he's still playing that
1: character in space
0: (laughs) well to be fair there's there's a lot of crossover like he's he's not michael scott but he there there are very big elements of his character from that that come over to this um and i apparently some of the critics came out and basically said it's a bit naff it's a bit shit and i watched it and i watched the whole thing in a couple of days i thought it was it's not great television but it's like give this some more series, and it, it's it got some legs. Like, it's got the actors, it's got the story. It bloody well fit ends on a cliffhanger, so there better be a second series. Um, it's just a bit of fun. It's, it's some good fun. I have no idea if you would like it, Tim. I'm almost fed up of telling you to watch things because I just have no idea sometimes. Some of the things <laughs> you're into, they're, like, way too over my head. And you're also into some really shitty shit. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know um, Second On the list is the Jeffrey Epstein uh, documentary Epstein. Interesting,
1: have you watched it? Yes So I got I got a uh, Netflix You know when they send you an email like We've got a new series that we think you might be Interested in And yeah. I, I took it as a bit of a slant to be honest I was like, Why do you think I'd be interested in that? <laughs> but, um, you got a pedo ring haven't you? <laughs> you might like this <laughs> I can't tell if I'm absolutely fascinated by it or just deeply disgusted. So tell me if both. Tell me if it if it is something that is going to engross
0: me or I'm just going to think I hate everything to do with this and I, I mean, I think it. it's it's basically a lot of everything you'll probably know anyway. Um yep. I don't think they they go anywhere that kind of the news hasn't told us but it's it's enlightening because it i think what it does is it it really shows how easy it seemed to be for him to get away with what he did and for a whole system to get away with things and it just opens up so many little doors about the other people involved and practically what yeah a weird thing uh, that's not real um, Quince what was it um, Os hudson Adoy. yeah definitely did not go to the island um, but interestingly if you do find the the actual list which I'll link you to uh, you've got and that doesn't mean they're all pedos it just means that they knew him um, but you never know it's got David Blaine and Tony Blair on there so Blair obviously definitely. Blair definitely but essentially I didn't really know this is what he did but he basically blackmailed people that's how he made his money. People were part of the ring yeah he paid them or they paid him to keep it quiet. I think essentially is what happened and it and what these women had to go through and how many there were it's incredible how this stuff
1: yeah it's always mind blowing when something comes out obviously you know we we've got no idea really how like these powerful uh, kind of cliques of people function but when when like there's just hundreds and hundreds of victims you think how the hell did this stay secret for so long it seems insane
0: isn't it yeah it really does um and it's it's like a horror film like there's this obviously there's this massive problem um with the rich and the power they hold over people like this, not all of them just you know these specific ones, but it's like when you're watching a horror film and you see these women get into these situations and you think just don't do it and yeah. it's like a horror film and you like just don't go in the room but it's like they don't have a choice but to do it you know they've they've yeah. picked these people in on on purpose and they've they've put them in these positions and these girls they do what they do because they feel like they have to because of these people of power and People, certain people, I don't think could understand that, um, and that's kind of one of the yeah. hardest parts about watching it is that you you can't really comprehend what goes through somebody's head to have yeah. to do certain things, and it, it's just it's it's mind blowing. I think it's worth watching. I think it's it's tastefully done. It's. <sighs> you know, yeah. as tasteful as you can get with that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And also it just points the biggest finger at Trump and I can't believe he's going to get away with anything. Like, I didn't even realise he'd had all these allegations against him. Yeah. Like, I read, I read them today on Twitter somewhere and it's like yeah. so many people have basically said he's raped me. Yeah. And it's like... And he comes crazy, out and says, it? nobody, uh, I haven't really seen him for a few years, we we didn't get on and we're not friends and we haven't been friends for ages yeah. and then it's crazy. Um, that is my two picks. So one slightly light and fun <laughs> and fluffy and the other is spiky and dark and, and horrible. Um, yep. The last section uh, is for a band who I briefly mentioned at the beginning and I don't really know how to... S- pronounce their name especially not when it's written in Russian Um, but it's Molshat Doma is this band name and the track is called Sudno and I would not have guessed that based on the (laughs) lettering I mean obviously I can't speak Russian but how incredible is it that uh, uh, language eh Um, (laughs) they are a Belarusian rock band from Minsk formed in 2017 uh, and their sound combines the elements of post punk new wave and synth pop mm. and i, I suddenly like those just three things i like those three things um i just kind of got into that whole style <laughs> um, it's very strange this kind of russian uh post punk <laughs> <laughs> that's like fairly new i found another band called burak as well Um, again I just I I can't say the names so it's (laughs) I just like the way the the shapes look Um, (laughs) that's how I pick the songs I like but yeah again I don't know much about this but um, a friend told me that they're big on TikTok and I'm yet to look that up I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up after this I think is there a dance to it, maybe? I don't know. Um Watch but... out with
1: some really xenophobic anti Russian propaganda. No, on they, they said it
0: was like a positive thing. <laughs> I hope so. But apparently the song this is the thing. The song is apparently how about how hard it is to live in Russia. Okay. Well I listened to it and
1: I enjoyed it when you put Did it on you? the Instagram
0: story, yeah. I thought it was good. a good tune. It's very good, isn't it? It's yeah. just it's it's pretty cool. Um, so I'm going to play that and then we'll get away from me and go to you because I feel like I've been talking forever <laughs> um, so this is let me find the actual name in English at least this is Sudno by Molshad duma i Moshat Doma with Sudno. Tim, what have you got for us this week? I have got three
1: very different picks. Is Slash any four. of them
0: about Nazis?
1: <laughs> no Nazis this week, actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> I suppose, actually, I mean, it depends how you take the middle two, but... <laughs> middle two? Yeah. Well, you'll see in a second. Okay. But, you know, you could potentially make a connection. Who knows? Um, so, first of all, I have been re-watching on bbc iplayer man like mobin which i don't know if you ever watched it guz khan's sitcom based in birmingham and it's just i mean it's just like i think it's one of the best comedies come out of the uk in the last few years it's man like mobin yeah so mobin is our lead character he's a bit of a kind of sort of man about town around birmingham but what i I really love about it and i think particularly at the moment is that it's a it's a really really affectionate sort of portrayal of um you know the kind of asian heritage community within the uk um but really really funny really well done um not kind of played for obvious jokes like maybe some other shows that the bbc have commissioned in the last few years naming no names have been but I think uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> no, it's really good. It's I still um,
0: disagree with you on that as well. But But move on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I will move on. But Man Light like have Been. there's three series now. So the first series came out uh I don't know how long ago, but I wasn't aware that it was out yet. Um so I thought before watching that I'm gonna re watch series one and two and I've been absolutely loving it. Just like proper escapism. S- silly comedy, but also you know, is it like, of, like
0: mockumentary style or is it like a no no it's a sitcom.
1: it's a sitcom right like you know just following kind of two key characters and then all the kind of cast around them um but yeah, really really good. go and watch Man like with Bean. I think you'll really like it, Harry. Um, well next up I've got two books. the first one, is how to be an anti-capitalist in the 21st century by Eric Olin Wright, which is absolutely brilliant. This is, as you know, I read a lot of political books and a lot of them, they get a bit bogged down in like theory and like, you know, just kind of general debate. But just like they they kind of get too, um, I just think caught up in their own kind of big ideas about the world. This is a really brilliant practical guide about how to try and build like a different world and a world that works better for people. Um, it's full of loads of really really interesting ideas. I think it's a great great read. Um, I can, you look so bored that I'm
0: no, I'm not. I'm actually you've you won me over there a little bit. I like simplified versions of things because I yeah, need well things that's simplified. The, that's
1: the thing. You know, it it kind of works off a lot of kind of marxist theory but just in a really simple understandable way i blasted through it in like a morning and an afternoon it's like a hundred and something pages long i highly recommend it um and the next book i'm i'm only about halfway through this but i'm absolutely engrossed and loving it and i think again particularly at the moment very very important for people to read it's called yesterday's man the case against Joe Biden by Natalie Fox and absolutely fascinating like this guy has got a big big backstory that I think maybe maybe in the US people are more aware of where Biden has come from and what his politics are and but I get the feeling not he's kind of cuddly Uncle Joe who was Obama's deputy and
0: yeah well, that's maybe from an outside point of view. That's the view we've got. Is like uh, he was Obama's guy, and we liked Obama, so he must be good. Yeah. So I actually would be interesting. I would be interested to know some more about him because I know that people aren't really liking him. Um,
1: he, he is from. I mean, like I say, I'm only halfway through, so by next week I'll be able to give you a full conclusion. But this is a a deeply unpleasant man from a very very different era of politics to where one would hope we are now um i think it's really really deeply disturbing that it's him against trump for the u.s presidency jesus from what Christ. i've read so
0: far you're saying
1: that trump might not be that
0: bad <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean
1: i mean it's the lesser of two evils at this point you know
0: um,
1: And finally, I'm going to play some music because we're a music podcast sort of nominally. Um, And on Saturday lunchtime to afternoon, I was driving my little sister Lizzie along the seafront towards kind of saltine area in Brighton. The sun was out, the sea was glistening over to the right and I was listening to the kind of local radio station, Platform B, which I'm pretty sure you're aware of, Harry. It's like independent local radio. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was this... I I don't know who was the DJ or anything like that, but they were just playing like a total weird mix of music. And it was going from kind of like Daniel Caesar, kind of, you know, quite soulful, hip-hop-y stuff... Mm. Uh, R&B through to it kind of went into this psychedelic section and they played this song which I got Lizzie to Shazam by a band called Pottery who I'm not aware of, I don't know about you Don't think so No, they're out of Montreal, signed to Partisan Records, although I'm not sure they've had an album out yet Um, but they put out a load of singles over the last few years, I don't really know much about them but there was this song called The Craft, it turned out which was playing and I just thought it was an absolute jam it was one of those that you couldn't really tell if it was from the modern day or from yeah. the 60s or 70s but absolute banger and in that moment I just really really enjoyed it. and it was it was uh, yeah it was one that really stuck in my head and I've listened to quite long, a few times over the last few days and I highly recommend it so I'm going to play it now it's called The Craft and it's by Pottery <laughs>
2: you yeah.
1: So there you have it That was Pottery With The Craft And we now move on To everyone's favourite New segment of the show You know the name Justy Fingers (laughs) Exactly We go into The Rolling Stones 500 Greatest Albums of All Time Pick one each week To listen to And review In our own special way and this week, Harry, you have gone with the iconic, the one and only legends that are
0: Portishead with <laughs> Dummy from 1994. Did that feel a little bit of an anticlimax after that build-up? Who knows? Oh, interesting. Um, let's well, find out. Yeah,
1: let's find out. I'm excited to hear what you think of this because I think I said last week that this record... I kind of vaguely remember it being around during my childhood, but I don't really know much about it, or even really what it sounds like. I just kind of can see the sleeve and imagine my parents listening mm. to it. So I'm excited to know if it's good or not.
0: So, Ask me the questions. Yes.
1: So we've got eight questions that take us through our analysis of these classic records. And the first one is Harry
0: did you enjoy it? Analysis is a strong word. (laughs) Uh, Nope, I hated it. Don't want to watch it again. Uh, I loved it. You loved it? I loved it. Um, It was everything I'd expected um, but more importantly it felt like a bit of a turning point in appreciating a genre after finally giving it some Attention that it deserves this whole time, but I just never really properly tried. Um, A band I'd heard some famous songs. Obviously, I work in an industry where it's you know their their tunes are used as references quite a lot. The same as Massive Attack, Um, but it's a genre that I just associated with kind of uh, forty year olds, (laughs) and (laughs) because and there's nothing that shouldn't sound as negative as it does but it just felt like i'd i'd missed it so there was no point but um i just really enjoyed listening to this it was it was really really fun nice actually it wasn't fun <laughs> but it was it was great i mean
1: well no actually we'll i'll save this question maybe for the end if you haven't covered it by then um number 2 is how much do you think you're hearing for the first
0: time i think pretty much 70 80 percent like i think sour times glory box instantly recognizable as iconic tracks um but apart from those everything felt relatively new recognizable maybe but but not something i'd ever really listened to interesting did anything about it surprise you I would say no. Um, It's incredibly 90s sounding. Um, So I did feel like I had a lot of nostalgia towards this record that I've never heard before. And a time that I lived only seven years in. But it still felt like something that took me back to a very comfortable time. A very loved period of my life. That's nice. Uh, anything about you particularly liked? Um, I think just every single instrumental was so full and sweeping, um, depressing and <laughs> cinematic and dingy, but kind of like Kane Strang said, you may need to help me on this. This uh, lyric, but the um on the edge of his favorite brink or nearing his favorite brink. When I wake up at my favorite brink, yeah, the, 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 that no. <laughs> that kind of um the yeah. sadness that you can kind of enjoy and 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 well and dwell in. Yeah, it's quite nice to just like properly like sink into it. Yeah, and that that's what it felt like. It was it was like um how we mentioned a bit about radiohead it felt like somewhere you can just go to wallow um but not like you don't want to sit and cry to it you just yeah. you want to have it on and just think it just makes you think not nice. in a, not in a pretentious way but just you know it allows you to just kind of yeah feel it. it and so is it quite render. a
1: melancholy record like because i yeah i'm sure i'm not the only person you know in on this conversation that isn't quite sure what Porter said sound like so is it I I think of it as quite well I think bleak a little bit
0: (laughs) bleak yeah I think so I think there's something which I've noticed about trip hop as a genre especially you know I wouldn't say I researched into it but it's essentially a slow down kind of hip hop samples and things with with other other elements included to the point where they don't sound like either um and this one specifically went down a jazzier route um kind of jazzy stuff with electronic elements and with hip-hop kind of samples and it it's just it drags not in a bad way but just like it's it's all about feeling and like there's no like you know there's there's great instrumental moments in there um but like i've said before about some other things it's it's more of a vibe and it's yeah melancholy very much so interesting
1: bitch don't kill my vibe yeah so
0: <laughs> would you <laughs> I, can think I know that energy. <laughs> <laughs> uh is is there anything you really didn't like about it uh, i wouldn't say there's there's anything i didn't like about it i would say that it made me understand even more my inability to understand words in lyrics and like i'm i'm glad that i get all my emotion from songs from just the sound itself and i'm i'm glad that that's the way i listen to music um sometimes though there is times especially in this there there was one moment where and this is how bad it is for me there was one moment where i started to just take myself slightly out of just listening to it and feeling it and i started to pick up on what she was saying and even though i was hearing the words i was getting so much more from how she was saying them than what she was saying it it almost just didn't matter what she was saying yeah and i don't That's i still like radio there yeah. in a
1: nutshell <laughs> <laughs>
0: um they just sound like it's in rewind the whole time um yeah yeah i, I still don't know how i feel about it because i'd like to be a lyrical person especially if someone who wants to write songs it's it's very jarring to to not be able to write a lyric and really struggle doing that but um i guess it makes me appreciate the fact that maybe i don't need to maybe i can just yeah, wind yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um would you listen to it again
0: yep <laughs> that's yes. all I, I definitely would um, i'd like to know more about uh some of the other stuff they brought out but i know this was a good starting point point. and i can't remember what number this was at can mm, you... i think it's like 127 or something okay so pretty
1: high do you think it would Rolling Stone were right to put it there? Were there only that many
0: albums better? I they? think uh, it's like there are certain albums in there that did stuff for whole movements or genres or countries, and that's why they're in the list. It might not be one of the best songs or albums you've ever heard, but it's in there for a reason. And I think this is in there because of it. It kind of It blew up the trip-hop scene, which was a very UK thing. Um, Bristol, I believe, um, is where a lot of those bands kind of came from. And it made me kind of think about what they've done since then. Weirdly, I kept... I don't think they they sound like them, but they remind me of the XX. Interesting. Kind of how they mix this kind of uh, gothic sadness with electronic I think
1: that's pretty cool. I like yeah, I like the standards. So I think I'm going to go away and listen to them. I don't know why, but when you said Bristol, I've never really thought this before in my whole life, but somehow Bristol in the 90s, to me, that feels like a pretty cool scene. I'd like to be in Bristol
0: in the 90s. <laughs> it does sound a bit decent, doesn't it? A bit sad, yeah. maybe, but... <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, there, was, there was actually... Actually, uh, I think there was a quote that I wanted to read from a review... Just because I thought um, it could maybe explain things better than me. Well, I thought it, it definitely can. <laughs> it's, it's like an award-winning writer. Um, here's what they said. I'm not going to even tell you where it is. I just can't be bothered. It's it's <laughs> just a little bit. They said, Despite its two-plus decades spent soundtracking make-out sessions, it cradles a terrible loneliness in its heart. Despite its reputation as dinner party music, It is straight-up discomfort food. Curl-up-and-die music. Head-under-the-covers music. It's dark, dank, and quintessentially Bristol. Mingling a chilling harbour fog with the resin of a thousand spliffs left to burn down in a haze.
1: I love that. I mean, if anything was ever (laughs) going to make me want to go and listen to a record, I want to do all of those things. (laughs) (laughs) They basically said what I
0: said in... 30 words. <laughs> Much more kind of beautifully put together words. <laughs> Shall I just say haze at the end to make it sound a bit better? <laughs> haze. There you it's a good go. word, haze.
1: It, it is. Obviously, I was going to say it's not in my vocabulary, but clearly it is. Haze but it. it's not something I would ever say.
0: I've... I mean, it's quite particular. It's not yeah. something you can throw into anything <laughs> no nah, we could describe all kinds of music as hazy we never have <laughs> how's your week been
1: hazy <laughs> that's true um could you play us your favourite song from Head's album of which
0: the name I've forgotten <laughs> it's called Dummy yeah that's ironically <laughs> um because you're dumb <laughs> uh yeah I mean I'm gonna go obvious I'm gonna play Glory Box. um it uses the Isaac Hayes sample, which is iconic to say the least. Uh, it's, I think, for pretty much anyone that likes music at all, will recognize this, whether it's from an advert or from a TV or from the radio or whatever. Um, this will switch on a lot of people's brains. So, yeah, this is a glory box by Porter's Head. Glory Box by Portishead Tim, it is now your go uh, what was it that you were listening to this week? I was listening to Moby
1: Grape by uh, yeah. Moby Grape an album I knew absolutely nothing about, and an act I knew absolutely nothing about, but something about the album cover and the name just kind of jumped out to me so I thought, let's go
0: for it how very exciting, so let's find out if your eyes have treated you to your ears something that that makes sense (laughs) in some way uh right so question number one did you enjoy it
1: i yeah i did yes it is kind of late 60s psychedelia with you know fairly heavy kind of amounts of hippie vibe in there but also a touch of mod and yeah you know that that ticks a lot of boxes for me so yeah i found it an enjoyable listen
0: Um, uh, they're american right san francisco san francisco's what a memory (laughs) jesus i swear i haven't got it written anyway um okay so how much do you think you were hearing for the first time uh the vast majority of it I
1: think um, hundred percent. If not a hundred percent, then close. There was a couple of, like a couple of tracks that rung vague bells, but yeah, could well have been a hundred percent. There's <laughs> there's definitely a, fam- a familiar feel to a lot of a lot of it, and like the palette feels like something you really recognise but in terms of actual songs or like hooks or choruses that rung any bells, yeah, pretty new, pretty new to me.
0: In fact, we talked about, while we were talking about this band, um, last week, bands that maybe didn't really transfer to England, um, and I was, I've actually forgotten the name of them, but you might be able to help me, Um, there are bands that were like around the psychedelic time grateful dead grateful dead they never really were a thing over here were they the
1: the dead are like one of the biggest bands ever in america like i know they still go crazy about them and they all listen to live albums and have these you know you know obsessive obsessive communities built around the dead but yeah in the uk
0: maybe uh just don't know the dead man maybe <laughs> we don't know the dead bring out your judge. <laughs> um maybe one of our challenges will be both to listen to the grateful dead i think they're in this list somewhere if they're in the list then yeah maybe we should both do that because we yeah. both have no idea anyway moving on to question three did anything surprise you about it
1: well it's funny you should ask that question at that exact moment because on the one hand i would say kind of sonically not a huge amount did surprise me as in i heard once i was two or three songs in i kind of knew where we were and where we were going and we didn't move yeah. too far away from that but then the flip side is that actually what in hindsight surprised me was that it sounds really english you know if i listened to that record with no prior knowledge whatsoever i think that was you know, late sixties, London or Liverpool, definitely not San Francisco. So, you know, with that bit of very basic research in my back pocket, I did find that quite surprising actually how, I suppose, because we always think of like the Beatles and whoever else is kind of adopting slightly American accents and American kind of, um, you know, styles, obviously they're influenced by rock Mm. and roll. But it was interesting to hear an American band adopt so many kind of classic English rock tropes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think if you, if if somebody told me that they thought that Led Zeppelin weren't from Birmingham and they thought that they were English, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Like there, there's a certain some of these bands. Yeah. Um, wh- whereas in my head, I'm thinking. But they sound so British to me. But actually, when you take them for what they are, they kind of do have this American feel. So yeah, it's yeah. surprising you say that. Uh, I'm I'm still maybe not sure whether I think that sound is English or American. But...
1: Well, that's the thing. I suppose I suppose the more you go into it, maybe there is a real kind of just interchange where they they just somehow meet in the middle. But See? you know, may, like I say, maybe if I listen to. A Beatles record without knowing the Beatles maybe they'd be harder to place as well but obviously you know that it's the Beatles so Pink Floyd were English as well I mean yeah. we had everyone we really, <laughs> we did. really did except Moby Grape <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry Moby <laughs> Moby Dick right so on to question four anything that you particularly liked
1: Um, I particularly liked the moment where I listened to it for the first album which For the first album For the first time Which was I was On Sunday afternoon No, Saturday afternoon I was just laying in the garden In the sun Kind of not really doing anything But listening to it And It just felt like a beautiful moment It's It's got a real kind of summery easygoing Vibe to it That I think I think is You know, particularly at the moment Really, really nice You know There's not lyrically nothing's too kind of hard hitting or too kind of out of the way it's just pleasant the whole thing was pleasant and i i don't know if that's you know it's not me kind of going crazy about this record but it's really nice it's really nice and to relax and spend an afternoon listening to it is a really enjoyable experience so yeah
0: i did enjoy it lovely um is there anything that you really Didn't like I mean
1: This is a difficult one Because I i mean it came out in what 67 right. And obviously I'm listening to it with 2020 is 2020 Vision um, But <laughs> I came away from it thinking that was A bit generic And a bit kind of derivative Yeah you know, it didn't feel that different to a lot of other things I'd heard in some ways. But I've got absolutely no idea if that's a fair critique or not because did it sound really fresh and brand new in 67 and have I just heard all of their contemporaries before I've got
0: to them? I don't know. Funny enough, like, uh, I haven't heard this band yet and I kind of feel like uh, the former. Like, I feel like you're probably right. It just if it's a psychedelic band that aren't in the real main kind of echelons of some of the best, yeah. then they're probably gonna sound it. Cause we I know a, a band that sound like a seventies psychedelic band and they've got great tunes. But they're not they haven't done anything new really. They you know they haven't really got anything better than <laughs> you know, some of the biggest bands in that kind of era or area. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's a weird it's a weird one. I'd like I would love to listen to a a big fan of theirs in the sixties, speak mm. about what it was about Moby grape that you know really caught their imagination, because I'm sure they would have something to say that I don't. But yeah, it. Who knows? Okay, so
0: would you listen to it again?
1: Absolutely. You know, if I was just hanging out on a weekend, I would absolutely happily spend an hour
0: listening to this. Really good. Lovely. Uh, were Rolling Stone correct? I think you kind of answered this, but uh, were Rolling Stone correct to put it where they did?
1: I'm. I don't feel in a position to give a proper answer to that, but I would. Crazy. Say, but I think I think like 100. I think it was in that 120 something like that. I'd say, if I had to guess, that's probably a little bit generous.
0: <laughs> Who, Who knows? knows? <laughs> uh, so could you play us your favourite song from the record?
1: Yeah, I really like this song. It's probably the weirdest one on there and makes the least sense it's only about like 58 seconds long and it's called naked if i want to um it's only got like eight eight lines of lyrics all just a bit strange but it really made me laugh in the middle of it and i've kind of kept on thinking about ever since i heard it for the first time so also particularly appropriate because we're definitely running way over time this week, so to play a one-minute song is gonna <laughs> is gonna shave two minutes off the runtime. So I'm gonna get straight into it. It's called Naked If I Want To by Moby Gray. Would you let
2: me walk down your street? Naked if I want to Can Pop fireworks on On the 4th of July Can I buy An amplifier On time
1: That was Moby Grape, and now we are going to come to the finale of the episode, which is picking an album for each other to listen to over the coming seven days. I've got mine ready. Harry, have you got yours? I do indeed. Cool. I'm quite excited to give you yours, I think.
0: I, I am th- too. It's it's, quite a, it's an exciting time.
1: Yeah. I, I had two contenders, and I think both would have been good. But yeah, I've just got a good feeling about this one. So, so do I. Okay, who wants to go first? Uh, you go first. Okay, so this week I would like you to listen to number three hundred and seventy-nine in the list. Mm. Do you want, the bio? Reads. Oh, it says the it says the band name like pretty much straight away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Try it without. It sounds fun. Things were not
1: well with TLC. During the making of Crazy Sexy Cool, Lisa Left Eye Lopez was lighting literal fires and the trio would soon be filing for bankruptcy, but they emerged with the most effervescent and soulful girl group R&B anyone
0: had seen since The Supremes. I thought you were going to not tell me the name of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, what's the name of the album? Crazy Sexy Cool by
1: TLC. Very good. Three great words to describe you
0: crazy sexy cool <laughs> uh, great no that, that's 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 good i definitely haven't i wouldn't have heard a full out full album of theirs but uh very interested nice good pick thank you would you like me to go next yeah i would i uh, don't know who else no is No one to. else <laughs> so yeah i would like to know um we have this habit of me picking quite close to the front of the list and you always picking up a proper dusty number from from back. (laughs) Um, But I am going with... I I, I could give you... I'll do the same for you, actually. Okay. I'm not going to say the name of them. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I should have done that too. Somebody, which is the name, but I'm not (laughs) saying it, (laughs) high-flying musical experimentation and penetrating lyrical insight made Inner Visions a textured but never self-indulgent work of soulful self-discovery. Fusing social realism with spiritual idealism, he brings expressive colour and irresistible funk to his keyboards on Too High, a cautionary anti-drug song, and Higher Ground, which echoes Martin Luther King Jr's message of transcendence. The album's centrepiece is Living for the City, a cinematic depiction of exploitation and injustice. He brought his most innovative music to life in the nick of time, three days after *Innovisions* was released, Wonder was put into a four-day coma after the car he was travelling in collided with a logging truck.
1: I mean, you just said the name at the very end, but I knew Damn anyway once he said Living in the City. <laughs> it's Stevie Wonder, that's sick. I don't think I've ever
0: listened to a full Stevie Wonder record. No, I've, I've, uh, I was going to give you one of his earlier ones, and I saw this a little bit later down the list, so I thought, especially considering the times, this could be a very good uh, record for you to listen yeah. to.
1: Yeah, that sounds perfect. You know, like you say, particularly for this week. I'm buzzing to listen to that. So. Because you're a huge
0: racist and we're trying to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I on joke. that note... <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: say uh, thank you very much, listeners, for joining us for this epic episode. It'd be funny if it's just the same length as all the others, <laughs> because <laughs> I just keep alluding to the fact it's just incredibly <laughs> <the long>. Humongous, <laughs>
0: elephant-sized episode still just an hour and 15 to an hour and a half
1: <laughs> um, but thank you so much for joining us anyway um, yeah. hope we've given you a bit of distraction from the increasingly mental world that is happening outside your window um, and if you're out in it of course stay safe stay alert <laughs> indeed Um. nice one well nice to chat to you Harry as always and we'll see you next week do you
0: have something you want to take us out on? I believe you do I do <laughs> uh, I was I've, I'd forgotten and now I just remember I sent you this earlier and I said should we end on this and you said yes so here we are uh, we're t- taking you out with uh, Dave with the tune Black nice big yeah. tune
1: very big tune Wicked, right? Well, we'll see you all very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Look. Black is beautiful, black is excellent
3: Black is pain, black is joy, black is evident It's working twice as hard as the people you know you're better than Cause you need to do double what they do so you can level them Black is so much deeper than just African American Our heritage been severed, you never got to experiment with family trees could they teach you about famine and greed And show you pictures of our fam on their knees Tell us we used to be barbaric, we had actual queens Black is watching child soldiers getting killed by other children Feeling sick like, oh shit, this could have happened to me Your mummy watching, telling stories about your dad and your niece The black of the berry, the sweet of the juice The kid dies, the black of the killer, the sweet of the news And if he's white, you give him a chance, he's ill and confused If he's black, he's probably armed, you see him and shoot Look Black is growing up around the barbershop Mummy saying stay away from trouble, you're in yard a lot Studying for ages, appreciating the chance you got Cause black is in your blood and you ain't even got the heart to stop Black is stepping in for your mother because your father's gone And standing by your children when you haven't proven karma wrong Black is doing all of the above, then going corner shopping Trying to help a lady cross the road to have her walking off Black is growing up around your family and making it And being forced to leave the place you love because there's hate in it People say you faint the shit, never stayed the chance the shit. But black is being jealous, you'd be dead if you had stayed in it Black is struggling to find your history or trace the shit You don't know the truth about your race cause they're erasing it Black has got a sour fucking flavour, here's a taste of it But black is all I know, there ain't a thing that I would change in it Look, Black ain't just a single fucking colour, man, there's shades to it Her hair straight and thick, but mine's got waves in it Black is not divisive, they been lying and I hate this shit Black has never been a competition, we all make this shit Black is deadly Black is when you're freezing in your home and you can't get sleep But never feeling empty cause you got twenty cousins in your country living stress free Walking for their water daughter wrapped inside a bed sheet Black is distant, it's representing countries that never even existed while your grandmother was living Black is my Ghanaian brother reading into scriptures Doing research on his lineage finding out that he's Egyptian Black is people naming your countries and what they trade most Coast of Ivory, Gold Coast and the grain Coast But most importantly to show how deep all of this pain goes West Africa, Benin, they call the slave coast Black is so confusing, cause the culture they're in love with it They take our features when they want and have their fun with it Never seem to help with all the things we know would come with it Loud in our laughter, silent in our suffering Black is being strong inside the face of defeat Poverty made me a beast, I battled the law in the streets Well, you will struggle but your struggle ain't a struggle like me Well how could it be when your people gave us the odds that we beat? I mean fucking hell, what about our brothers that are stuck in jail That could have bust the bell, they the burden gotta live with it black is being guilty until proving that you're innocent black is saying free my fucking niggas stuck inside in prison cells they think it's funny we ain't got nothing to say to them unconditional love is strange to them it's amazing and black is like the sweetest fucking flavor here's a taste of it but black is all i know they ain't a thing that i would change in it